Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. <laughs> yes, there's more than one of them now. <laughs> yeah, I've got my fingers crossed. I'm Paul. I'm Ken. Mm. Oh, sorry, I was just having a snore no, there. Uh, no, it's my job to introduce you. I'd forgotten this bit. Uh, Paul, it's been a while. Well, it's been seven days. What have you got for us this time? Pink washing. Yes, I hate it when a red sock gets trapped in the... <laughs> Ooh, I think I know what you're talking about, but do explain. Yeah, so this Pride season is drawing to a close. Or, well, presumably will have, <laughs> have it's, long gone. It's long gone now, I'm <laughs> yeah. afraid, yeah. Pride season was several months ago now. And it's starting to become a much bigger thing. And now it's sort of generally accepted that the month of June is Pride Month. Universally, <laughs> everywhere you go. Oh, to be a homo now that June is here, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there is also starting to become a tradition for companies and corporations to show their support for LGBT plus people and for pride by sticking rainbow flags on <laughs> and everything. And, and a lot of the time increasing the prices accordingly. Now, a lot of the time this is genuine. Sainsbury's, for example, during Pride Month. The windows were dolled up with rainbow flags. They had pride displays of homewares and, you know, <laughs> and the power tools for the lesbians. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Into the air, Rachel. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> but a lot of it is really genuine because... Because they, they obviously do have LGBT plus colleagues, people who work for them. A lot of their customers are LGBT plus. So that's fine. Great. Show your support for that. But then there are others who it's performative allyship. God. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a hell of a phrase. <laughs> yes. Where people, and particularly corporations, bring out the rainbow flags, but they're not actually doing anything to support Pride, and a lot of the time they're actually doing the opposite, you know. So it's companies with quite homophobic and transphobic policies or support organisations that do have those sort of sides to them. But yet they're the first ones out with the rainbow flag. There is a, a meme that comes out every year of companies on the 30th of June and they're all, you know, like rainbows and unicorns. And then the 1st of July, it's just back to grey suits. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a little bit about, do we want the rainbows to stay year round or is it nice for them to come out and show a bit of support while we're celebrating it? Would we get sick of the rainbow flag if it was there all year round? Yeah, I... Uh, obviously, I've got no platform to speak on this subject because I don't <laughs> fall into the any of the categories, but I can see your point. And I think the problem is that there's a lot of bandwagon hopping, and the more that hop on the bandwagon, the more diluted the core message becomes. Mm. For example, uh, we've had it at work. We're bombarded with emails during Pride Month of this and that, and we're going to have talks and we're going to have some, you know, get involved. And, you know, we want to hear from our LGBT 
um, not comrades, what's the word? Um, <laughs> colleagues. Yes. Sorry, yes, that's a better word. And it was pushed and pushed and pushed. This is Pride Month, you know, Pride Month. We, we must include the gays. I'm not actually sure I... There's nobody openly gay, but there's one person that's openly gay at, at my place. There may be others who aren't. But it's beg the question, yes, of course, we want to be inclusive. And yes, of course, we don't want anybody to feel pushed out or left out. But it's pushed now so hard in certain quarters that I'll stand by this. I think the more you push something, you should think you should you should like this. It can probably turn some people off that were indifferent before or ambivalent or, or were perfectly fine with it. And it then set me thinking the other way. Maybe there are people out there that just don't want to come out. So they're perfectly happy as they are. It's just not a thing. I'm gay. I just don't need everybody to know about it. I don't need to wave a rainbow to, you know, support <laughs> me because I'm, I'm gay and I'm quite happily being quietly gay. Thank you very much. I've known at least one gay man who... He never once waved the gay flag. We didn't even know he was gay. <laughs> In his 70s, found out he'd been with a partner for 20-odd years. I'd been working with this man for years. No idea. <laughs> but it was just a part of his, it wasn't important. So I think there are, again, there are different shades of rainbow here. <laughs> and from my perspective, I don't care one way or another. It's Pride Month, and it gives me a good excuse to do podcasts with you and all the other gays that I know <laughs> on, on really lovely topics, and they always are. But I do think it's hijacked by a lot of people for financial reasons and the actual core message is way lost in the terms of pound signs and what money can we spend on the back of this. I mean, really, how many people are suckered in these days if you change your logo to a rainbow logo? Well, well they must be gay friendly. Well, <laughs> come on, Stuart, Paul, we're going down because these are gay shops now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Very much like that, isn't it? I mean, I noticed on my phone on the 1st of June, you know, you get the little thing that says so many apps need updating. I think I had about 40 apps needed updated on the 1st of June. So I went through and updated them. And every single one of them, the update was that they changed the icon to include a rainbow flag. But it was things like B&Q. Now, no one's ever denied that B&Q is gay-friendly. It's where lesbians well, spend 20 days <laughs> six days of the God week. Damn, the, <laughs> I've only just changed the batteries on the alarm. Sorry, okay. Uh, get your dungarees on, girls. <laughs> we may as well push our luck to the extreme. I do, I feel actually for the gays and lesbians. Because pride now seems to have been hijacked by anybody that fancies being a bit different. Mm. And including themselves in the Pride flag. Now, I know that that's technically what the Pride movement's all about. It's all inclusive and all-encompassing. But I'm going to say it out loud. It seems that any old freaking circus performer that fancies being a bit different and pushing their values on the world adopts the Pride flag as if to say, this validates my opinion. And the more you do that, the more it takes away from it being a gay and lesbian event. And I know it's not just purely gay and lesbian, but it seems to have been hijacked by some very odd folks that have got some very extreme views. And you think, well, surely that's not what Pride's all about. That is what Pride's all about. No, I don't mean a broad spectrum of people. I mean the extreme views and sometimes quite aggressive, you will accept me, etc., etc. Because I've seen some very peculiar demonstrations this year in particular. 
that's very difficult to reconcile with the happy pride marches, parades and festivals on Canal Street that goes on. And then you've got these violent demonstrations that have got the police involved. I'm looking from the outside in. But to me, it looks like a denigration of the pride flag rather than this is what pride stands for. Mm. You will have a different perspective. Yes. I, I mean, I think a lot of people forget that the reason why gay pride as it was called why the pride movement started it was a protest mm. because we wanted the same rights as other people we wanted to not get arrested for drinking in a gay bar <laughs> you know we wanted, yeah, we, we wanted but yes there are a lot of groups of people and i actually was quite surprised during pride month because at work as with your work mm. we had a whole host of events and there was one person, and the theme of our pride at work, and sort of we're veering off the topic, but the theme of our pride at work, which was the, the sort of overarching theme of Pride Month this year, was queerly beloved. With <laughs> <laughs> all, all credit to him. Oh, God. With that. I shouldn't be laughing at that, surely. <laughs> oh, sorry, everyone. But it was a celebration. Brilliant. Yeah, but the, the idea was that it was a celebration because it was 10 years <laughs> since marriage equality was introduced in England and Wales. But we were talking about all these events where we were celebrating. One of the events we had, we all shared our wedding photos. And then this one person started saying, well, where are the events where we're protesting? Where are the... And we were like, well, we don't have to protest all the time. We don't... Yes, that is definitely a part of it. I don't think it takes away from it. And if it does annoy people and turns them against us, then that's their problem, whatever. But I... Just basically riding on the coattails of what you just said, times move on. I mean, those days of protesting to get gay rights, surely they're largely over. I mean, surely the people that are now anti-gay... They're very much in a minority, and and it's not the if anything, it's it's almost a credit card into places if you're gay, you know, top of the list. We love the gays. Bring them in, bring them in. It looks great on our staffing quotas. So I'm at a loss as to what there is to protest about anymore. It's, but again, I'm not on the receiving end. Yeah, I think it has moved on, and the protests at the moment. I mean, obviously in America, there's a lot of the "don't say gay" and laws coming in where you you're not allowed. It's going backwards, but but that is in America. Yes, yeah, that is in America. But over here, a lot of the protests are about trans rights. Mm. For trans people, they're in a very similar position to where gay people were in the seventies. And in certain elements of the media, there is a pushback against trans people who, you know, and we, we've talked. Mm. We, we may have, we <laughs> yeah, may have brought it up once or twice, yes. <laughs> so I think that's where the protest element, and what, one of the reasons why we as gays, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I speak for us all. Trademark. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons why we should be getting involved in that is because when we were fighting for our rights, going back to the Stonewall right again in America, but the early pride marches, which were protest marches, trans people marched with us. They weren't marching because they wanted rights. They were marching for our rights. And I think it's only fair to expect that we should... No, I, I get the I get the point. I just think the way that it's being done, the world moves on. It's a bit like 
momentum and Labour. Uh, momentum is this splinter group of the Labour Party mm. that they're basically they're just harking back to the glory days where there were picket lines and men burning oil drums <laughs> and donkey jackets and waving placards. The world's moved on. We don't need to protest that way anymore in order to evolve. And what I'm seeing is still that level of, I hesitate to use the word violent, they're not violent, they're just disruptive protests when they don't need to be that way and you're turning off the audience, you're trying to persuade. Violent or aggressive or disruptive protests are not the way to bring people on board in 2023. Because I am certainly not brought on board with their project. I mean, technically, I should be the target audience, the you know the rampant xenophobic <laughs> Brexiteer that hates everybody unless they're English, apparently. <laughs> but I look at these people and think, I- I'm not sympathising with you at all because you're just going about it in completely the wrong way. Now, I'm going to... You must forgive me because I know that this is not going to go down well in (laughs) Isles Rush World, but I saw it the other week. I've been taking an interest in the commentators, sort of the big commentators on this sort of area because I want to understand and get under the skin from your side of things why they wind you up. So I don't know whether he's... he's, You've never mentioned him, but James Dreyfus... Mm. I don't know. And I followed him because, again, he's a bit like J.K. Rowling. Graham Linehan, I can't comment on. I I don't see any of his stuff. But I want to know what these big players are, what they're saying, and why they generate the feeling that they do on either side. I'm not taking sides. I am not pinning my colours to the mask. I'm just trying to understand and and be an impartial viewer. (laughs) But I did see this the other week. There was some protest or other. We were led to believe that equality was the goal. It used to be a weekend. So explain to me that since we have had equality for a good while now, why that weekend has extended to an entire month? Ever heard of pushing your luck? We had calm. We had acceptance. We had our own spaces. We had harmony. We had equality. But no, that wasn't enough, was it? You had to get children involved. You had to have drag queens performing the splits half naked. You had to saturate the entire world with these petulant ongoing rules and regulations. You will refer to me as this. You will accept being referred to as this. Any dissent will be called hate, etc. You've ground us all back into the dust. So spare me your whinging and your BS. You lot caused this. Own it. There was more to it than that, and I can't bloody well find it, but it was all to do with people hijacking gay pride. But it's not, it hasn't been gay pride since. No, I know, I know, I know, but you've got to look at it from a non gay perspective. Bear in mind, for all that you know about it intimately, I'm still picking through the bones of it. I, <laughs> you you and, and Simon and all my packet. <laughs> you educate me all the time on these things and I lap it up because I want to understand, I want to know. You already know it. So it's for people like me who do want to know, we do want to understand, it still isn't quite as all-encompassing necessarily as what it actually is. So we want to understand it, but if you get somebody that pushes something, whatever badge, whatever label it is, aggressively, whatever faction of that movement, if it's pushed on you aggressively, you're going to slam the door shut. Yeah, but particularly in Britain, there is no let's sit down and have a debate about this. Whenever anything 
remotely related to the trans issue is discussed. Burn them all, heretics. Whenever it's discussed on TV, on your question time, Mm. or any, you know, any of those things, trans people aren't invited onto those debates. James Dreyfus is a very, very, I mean, fortunately, he's completely irrelevant. So it's like, nobody will have seen that statement. But that's just such a bitter horrible thing to say it was in reaction to something that someone that is out of context because somebody had said something and they deliberately targeted him Hmm. unsolicited it was just a message targeted to him so he'd come back at it but it was all it was very specifically to do with gay pride this was not an anti-trans rant this was very specifically a gay thing uh, and i can't find the poignant bit of the tweet that he said but it was so well worded i thought i can't argue with this because if somebody like me see somebody wearing a pride flag or a pride tee you know they're either gay or lesbian or trans or something not hetero tread carefully now i know that that's not necessarily what you (laughs) want but it's a we're not straight so it's an all-encompassing flag But we don't, as you wouldn't, you don't respond well to aggression. Accept it or fuck off or die or you're not, you're not with us, you're against it. It's like somebody knocking at the door saying, I'm selling virgin internet. Well, thank you, but I've already got it. No, I'm selling virgin internet. Why don't you want it? Because we're better. Don't you like it? Are are you against virgin? Are you a virgin phobe? And it's like somebody standing on your doorstep and hammering that into you. Well, now I really don't want Virgin. Please go away. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that where he was saying being forced to refer to someone as something, that was quite clear talking about pronouns. Pronouns, yes. So, but nobody's forcing you to use them. But if you were talking to me and you kept referring to me as she... Mm. I would correct you and say, actually, you know, I'm a boy. <laughs> That's fine. If you then carried on doing it, then I'd probably get a bit pissed off. Yeah. I'd probably say it more forcefully. If a trans person or a non binary person says, these are my preferred pronouns, now I can't force you to do it, but I can say, I'm non binary. Please, can you refer to me using them, they pronouns? That's not forcing, the, as, as James Drake... No, 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 no. Again, it's out of context. It's the very thing that I rail against all the time, is things being taken out of context. I have read a tweet or a series of tweets there out of context, but it, it was part of a wider discussion or, or a wider rail against somebody that had targeted a very targeted statement. You will accept this. This is the... You can't just keep saying you will accept this to some... Whatever it is, forget the trans, whatever it is. You can't keep saying to somebody you will accept this. Because the more you say it in that tone, the more that they will rail against it. And trying desperately to loop it back to pinkwashing. (laughs) Putting rainbows on stuff that isn't in any way gay for the remaining 11 months of the year... It's a bit of a lie, really, isn't it? It's just trying to force people to accept something that it's not really how it is in the real world. No, but we have, again, we as gay, <laughs> gays, all, all of us, have, we started off saying, please, will you accept us? Mm. This is who we are. Please, will you accept us? And it didn't work. So then then we did say with the early Prime watches, you will accept us. You will give us the same rights as everybody else. And it has, to a large extent, worked. And that's what trans and non-binary and the other people are in a very similar situation now. And they're fighting because they want to be recognised. And they're saying 
this is who I am. So I'm not going to change who I am. Yeah, they are saying you will accept me, but you know, people say, well, oh, because because you didn't ask politely, I'm not going to accept Well, it's you. not so much that, but like I will, I will keep reinforcing this. Life is not like it was in 1968. It is for trans people. But, and I will, I will maintain this, any workplace now, any public place, any organisation, they are not anti-trans. They're not. They're not anti-gay, they're not anti-trans, they're, they're not. It's just not a thing because... Any hint of that now, and a corporation will be shut down and rampantly criticised for it because there's been some corporation within the past week or so, and I can't remember who it is, and they've done the whole pink washing thing and, and pride washing, as, as I think mm. you've, you've called it before. Yeah. And somebody's called them out on it and said, well, hang on a minute. I think you'll find, actually, that you said this not too long ago, which uh, completely flies in the face of that. And they were called out on it. It's just mm. not tolerated anymore if you're in any way phobic. So we've got to a stage now in the world where I do firmly believe that your, your face in, invites <laughs> doubt, but I just believe that there's no situation in the world now where it is in any way going to be tolerated publicly, certainly by a place of work, where you are anti-trans because it's certainly where I work. I'd be pulled up by the left bollock and, and just marched out of the building if I said anything remotely homophobic, transphobic, racist, anything. that just would not be tolerated. And I think the majority of businesses are like that. The fight just is not there. It isn't. And I'm going to maintain this, that it's 2023. The fight is not there. There's no great push. There's no great anti we're not recruiting them. If anything, it's quite the other way around. Yeah, and that's very much on the, the public face of it. But trans people are looking at, in Scotland, where they are debating about whether you need a gender recognition certificates can be, can be brought in. In the UK, whether conversion therapy, the ban on conversion therapy is going to include conversion therapy about trans people. But those are the debates that are going on. In America, there are entire states. Well, I'm, I'm discounting America entirely because it's a basket case. Well, uh, This is why I try, and, I try and telescope it down from where we're concerned to uh, the UK. Because if you start looking around the world, my God, around the world, there's just some Afghanistan. <laughs> That's a thing. <sighs> Anyway, but America, complete basket case. Who knows when, as Mark and Paul would put it, the orange tumour <laughs> gets back in for a second term next year, which he will. That guy's made a bloody Teflon and America's full of enough idiots to vote him back in for a second term. God alone knows what will happen there. I'm discounting the whole continent. Mm. But sticking in the UK, there was a recording of our prime minister mocking trans people. Um, I believe, I've not heard it, but I believe so, yes. Yeah. So that's where the fight is. So all organisation, yes, you're, you're right. Nobody can say you're fired because you're trans or you're fired because you're gay. And nobody would. And 99% of people are accepting everything like that. But they're seeing things like that. They're seeing the Prime Minister of our country laughing about them. They're seeing people like... James Dreyfus. And obviously, yes, that was in response to something, but all the time they're seeing things like that. So regardless of 
I mean, I don't see the fight either, but we're not caught up in the middle of it. And for those people who are in the middle of it, who are seeing those things, and yes, we're, we're discounting America, but it's not a million miles away. And it's not a million miles away from the attitude of our government. Uh, I disagree. Uh, I mean, all right. I wish I'd have heard what Rishi Sunak had said, because I, um, it's all very well hearing news stories. Our, our prime minister said something transphobic. What was it? So I will go and look it up and I'll go and listen to it. Uh, I'm sure there are a myriad of recordings out there uh, to, that he, I can find. He, he was he was referring to someone from Labour. I think it might have been Keir Starmer, because Keir Starmer had been asked to define what a woman was can a woman have a penis? I don't think he actually answered the question. Of course but, not, because it's just too delicate a situation. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. But that was what Rishi Sunak was mocking Keir Starmer about it. But obviously making it into a big joke about, oh, you know, Keir Starmer can't even decide whether women uh, have penises or not. You know what? Well, yeah, but that's a point. I mean, if that's, again, I'll, I'll hear the actual thing out of his mouth. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. From what you've just said, though, that's not mocking trans people. That's mocking somebody for taking a stance and then not being able to give a clear-cut answer. That's how I'm taking it, because uh, personally speaking, that is exactly the same thing that I'd have done. If, if somebody has a stance on anything and to be popular or to have a popular opinion or to win support, and then someone asks you a direct question on it and you won't answer it, well, sorry, you're going to get my ridicule as well. Yeah, the, the implication of what he said was, though, he then goes on to say something about that we should be teaching biology to children rather than maths or, you know, like something like that. The implication being that we're not teaching children that women can't have penises. You know, that, that it was the, way, the, the tone, uh, the way you said I will it, listen yeah. to it. But again, I, I think that uh, with, with arguments like this, Things can be taken however the person listening to them wants to take them. And then certainly with Twitter, that will be amplified and somebody will be crucified over something they didn't actually. I don't know. I've not heard it. I can't comment on it properly. So, but I'll go and look it up. I don't know where we were with this. this <laughs> yeah, we veered, we veered off wildly. <laughs> we've never done this before. <laughs> But I, I do take, I, I mean, I take your point, but I just think that there's a push far too hard that doesn't need to be that you will accept this and you will think this way or you'll be labelled a phobe. And I've said it so many times before, there's no allowance now for shades of grey. You are either all one thing or all against something. And it's if the world is going to progress down that route, if that's how it's going to be, we're in for a very rocky ride and there are going to be a lot of casualties along the way. Yeah. Yes, completely. And it, it is because of the way the media is and the social, social media. It does. It is very much that. You're at one side or the other. You're not allowed to waver in between. But if somebody is saying to James Dreyfus, I'm trans, I would like you to call me Maria. So that's very close to your mum's day. And... You know, please refer to me as she, her. If they then turn around and say, no, I don't accept that, then... It, but that wasn't the thrust of the conversation. It was all to do with a trans demonstration that had got out of hand uh, and it had got quite violent and quite arresty. And it turns out that a lot of people that were protesting weren't trans at all. They were straight. Right. And this person was then complaining bitterly that it was unfair 
But there is an exception. If somebody, yes, it's 2023, if somebody walks into a room and they are not hetero and they announce themselves as trans, non-binary, whatever, there might be some quiet sort of internal thinking of how do I deal with this situation, right? I've got, just got to readjust a little bit. But there'll be no sticks brought out and, and ostracism and it won't, it won't be, those days are gone. People that have that attitude are the ones that are driven out now. Mm. And that's without any process at all. That's just, it's just the done thing now. And anybody that doesn't have that attitude is looked on as, hang on a minute, Cock, you're, you're a bit out of line there. It's the 21st century. Yeah. But that's, that's in our, rose-tinted world. No, is that it? is how it actually no, is. No, it's not, though, because there are, there are people who... That's, that's what I'm saying. There are people who are not accepted for who they are. And yes, it might only be a small number of people, but if I said to 100 people... I'm Paul, this is my husband, Stuart, they would all be like, all right, hi, Stuart. But then if one person said, I don't accept that, I would get mad at that person and I would... Well, I don't nobody, know. no, there's no scenario you can possibly put anybody of any background or any belief or faith or or, or sexuality into where a hundred percent of people are going to be accepting. It no, is, no. It's a fantasy that the world must conform. Everybody must conform to every different belief system and accept it because it's not a belief system. No, 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 no. But everybody must accept this because in that scenario, in that world, I must accept people like Abu Hamza. And I must accept people who go around gluing themselves to the M25. I don't accept you. I don't accept your view. I think you are completely and utterly wrong. Now, if that makes me a phobe, a, a just stop oil phobe, <laughs> so be it. I am glad and I will wave my <laughs> anti just stop oil flag, whatever it is, you know, whatever my phobic flag is, I will happily wave it because I don't believe in, in that. Now, if the world turns around and says, well, you're wrong. Well, these are my reasons why I feel this way. I don't feel that it's right for those people to force their views on people that have nothing to do with it and that must accept that I've glued myself <laughs> to a road to stop traffic, to stop them getting to their jobs. that have nothing to do with it. Mm. You, all you're going to do is piss those people off. Rather than a quiet protest or, listen, guys, these are our beliefs. This is our our YouTube campaign, you know, with the skip add in five seconds button that's going to reach far more people. Please give us 30 seconds of your time. Listen to why we believe this than holding up traffic. That's going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. But that is people's political beliefs. Trans, gay, non-binary, lesbian people are not saying you have to believe the same thing I, I do. understand what the you're saying, saying. it's, it's more who I am. but it's the same principle applies it's it's not the belief or the sexuality or the the demographic it's the the way the message is conveyed it doesn't matter what platform you're standing on the way your message is conveyed will completely alter how the audience reacts. If you stand up in front of an audience with a machine pistol pointed at the front row and say, these are our views, listen to them, or the front row gets it, there's probably going to be a little bit of unrest. Whereas if you put your views across, exactly the same views, exactly the same message that you're trying to convey to the populace in a totally different way, 
they're going to accept it a little bit better than hostile or forcibly. Nobody accepts you must anymore. Those days are long, long gone. And I do genuinely, honestly, this is my my final word on the matter because I don't think I've got anything more to say, but I do honestly think that the world is far more tolerant, accepting, and certainly as far as the workplaces are are concerned and retail outlets, they are accepting and they are trying to be more inclusive very, very actively, far more than is being portrayed that the world is against us and you must accept us. I don't believe the world is. No, but the people who see that the world is against them, it doesn't matter whether it's one. You know, like they they can go to you know, so use again the. I don't want to veer into the changing room. <laughs> 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 no, 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 please let's open that can of worms yeah, again. We haven't. We've got hours. Like, uh, no, so if I was a trans woman. <laughs> And I went to 10 shops on the high street. Most of those would let me go into the changing rooms, the women's changing rooms, because they're cubicles. And I would go in there, close the curtains, get changed, you know, try on whatever clothes I wanted to come out. There are shops out there. And and it's not some decision that someone's just made. It's because of pressure from the public and from Mm. certain people who don't, allow trans women into their changing rooms or that you know like people have written i think marks and spencers was one of them someone wrote to marks and spencers with this this hypothetical situation it was a guy who said i'm appalled at the thought because you don't exclude trans women from your changing rooms i'm appalled at the thought that my wife could could be going in in there and could be in the next cubicle to someone who has a penis and you know i think marks and spencers in that situation actually responded you know sort of fairly well and said this is a made up situation but also they wouldn't be in the same cubicle your wife wouldn't even know that and yeah. you, you're but there are companies and this kind of brings us back to the <laughs> to the topic of the show what uh, was the topic of the show again yeah. <laughs> which which episode are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> but the way that they respond to things like that is quite telling of the thing. But yes, no one's going to turn around and say, oh, you're absolutely right, sir. We hate trans people. <laughs> they will all be banned from us. But if they hadn't responded in a way that sort of said, look, anyone can use our ladies' change rooms. They're separate cubicles. You're not going to come into contact with any penises unless you go looking for them, in which case you would be thrown out of the store. But if the response had been anything different, and I have seen responses to similar things from different companies, like, oh, yes, you've got a very good point there. We'd better uh, start inspecting the genitals of people going to... I I don't think anyone has done that. But um, for a trans person, that can sort of make them think, right, I don't feel safe. So I do feel safe going into this Marks and Spencers. I know it's fine. I'm not going to wave a penis around in front of anybody. I'll just go into the cubicle and try and close it. But I think going back to the the topic of the, the subject, it's really nice to have the support. It's nice to have the flags. It's great during Pride Month, especially, you know, I work in Manchester and walking around and seeing all the flags in the shops and stuff. I don't search through you know walking past waterstones it's got a rainbow flag up and you know like a pride books display i don't then go trawling through there 
social media to see if they've ever said anything vaguely homophobic or even retweeted somebody who you, wants you don't said something. Need to. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else will do it for you. Well, yeah, that's it. So yeah, I'm I'm quite happy. I like the fact that it's a month. I wouldn't like it if it was any longer. I think you know a month is fine. And yeah, it is. It is nice. I, I can see for some people it might get a little bit wearing, but then. Just delete the emails. <laughs> it makes very little odds to me one yeah. way or another. Um, I think certain quarters might be pushing a bit too hard. I think there's plenty of companies that are jumping on a cash bandwagon. <laughs> Pride gin. <laughs> Abomination. I stick a rainbow on something and hope it sells. Hope you con enough. Anyway, I'm not getting on that <laughs> hobby always again. My bottom line is I don't think things need to be pushed quite as hard by certain quarters as they are. I think, generally speaking, the Pride movement has been a success, and I think that acceptance is way higher than social media would have you believe. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. And I also, so going back to one of the points, is circling back, you could say. Oh, no, no, no. no. Let's circle back. <laughs> the, um, oh, what was I circling back to? <laughs> <laughs> Would it help me if you looped back? <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll loop back, yeah. Uh, oh, that was it. That was it. I much prefer it to be to pride to be a celebration. I understand the protest element is still around, but I much prefer the, the celebration side of things. And as you have said, there's a lot for all of us to celebrate. A lot of progress has been made and we should be celebrating that and thanking the people who have supported us that's it game men <laughs> oh no we have to rate this in feather bubbles <laughs> oh god obviously we veered <laughs> into all kinds of uh, cans open worms everywhere trying to screw it down to pink washing yes I don't think it's a huge issue. There are, obviously, as you say, there's people out there who are just doing it for the pink pound and trying to get there. <laughs> the great expression. <laughs> trying to cash in. I think most people, most organisations are genuinely sort of celebrating Pride with us and with their colleagues and employees. So I don't think it's as big an issue or as big a, a problem as necessarily sometimes made out the cash-ins are the exception rather than the rule so i think i think maybe we'll keep this from escalating we'll de-escalate it to, to a two <laughs> i'm gonna give it a two myself i don't think pink washing is really that big a deal I, I view it with an element of cynicism whenever i see things that have gone you know the, the logo suddenly changed to a rainbow <laughs> Well, you don't bother with it the rest of the time. It's a bit of a symbolic gesture, really. I suppose the same could be said when I put up my Christmas tree. I don't bother the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah. mm, hypocrites. Yeah, but yeah, I just I see a lot of Pride Month commercially yeah. as a um, a bit of a cash in, to be mm. honest. So, I mean, of course, it's nice to wear the flag, and good luck to all you uh, LGBT QWERTY types <laughs> out there. Uh, I hope that you enjoy the month for what it's supposed to be. But yeah, shameless cash-ins in the bin. <laughs> what are you rounding us off with? I am going to round us off with a screening queen. Huzzah! This is a 
television program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I forgot I wasn't playing charades. <laughs> No, no. What I'm going to recommend for uh, people to watch is the BBC's coverage of the Glastonbury Festival, which was, at the time of recording, was this weekend. Now, presumably when this goes out, it might have already disappeared It'll from disappear. play of but Considering this episode is six months long already, <laughs> I'm going to have to edit this down. This is the Christmas special now. <laughs> 2025, yeah. So there's loads of stuff. And I, I read an article that said this was one of the the queerest Glastonbury's ever. There's quite a lot of LGBT plus performers. And I presume because it was towards the end of Pride Month as well, there was a lot of things. But obviously the main talking point was Sir Elton John, who performed a headline. The last leg of his farewell tour. Nobody can see me doing the bunny ears, but I bloody well am. (laughs) Yes, his last ever. At last ever. Never going to perform. No way, never. This is it. The end. (laughs) Yeah, pinch of salt everywhere. But (laughs) it was brilliant. I think it's something like 170,000 people actually there in the field watching him. And he did a set and every single song was a an absolute banger. banger. Yeah, yes. it was awesome. The sun was going down. It was just really, really good. I'm sorry to say that I missed all of it. I have <laughs> no interest whatsoever in Glastonbury, but more this year than any other people have been going on about how brilliant it's been. Mm. Uh, I've never heard this level of enthusiasm for Glastonbury before, so it must have been really quite something. Mm. Yes, very good. I'm glad I was watching it on the TV rather than... Uh, in a muddy field. <laughs> muddy field queuing for a portaloo. Yes. Up to your bollocks in mud. It just doesn't sound like fun to me at all. <laughs> no. Sleeping in a tent that's already sank. <laughs> so, yes, but watch it, even if it's just for Sir Elton and his final farewell performance. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye for the last time ever. <laughs> Down the yellow brick road, never coming back at all. Not once. Not even once. <laughs> Anyway, we better we better go and wrap some Christmas presents, I think. So we will be back very soon with our Christmas special. <laughs> I've got to edit this thing. My goodness me. Right, well, we better just cut it then. I need gin. Bye. Bye, kids. <laughs> Nine Bob Node featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.